0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to part two of our Tokyo Game Show 2020 special. This is going to be episode 134 of the JRPG Report. My name is James Fisher. Thank you for tuning back in once again. And it's a little bit of an odd release date. It's actually Monday here starting off your work week as uh, things wrapped up yesterday, but I wasn't quite prepared to do all this. And uh, just figured I'd wait until Monday and wrap it all up with a nice little bow. So I am 99% sure all these stories were from Tokyo Game Show. Uh, there's been actually, surprisingly enough, there's been some news come out uh, light. last night and tomorrow that at least one or two, I was kind of like, why did this not come out then? But, um, so it's been kind of hard to differentiate between the two, but I'm so glad you guys tuned in. We've got some cool things to talk about today. Some of these are just going to be like thrillers that I'll point you to direct kind of like last time. Not a whole lot I can really speak about because it's kind of boring to sit here and describe a video to you. You'd be better off going and checking that out. You can do that by giving us a like and follow us on uh, Facebook, uh, follow us on Twitter. I try to retweet a bunch of these stories as well as some other cool things. And of course, join our growing community over on YouTube, JRPG Report, to check out all these videos I talk about. I do gameplay stuff as well as um, video versions of these very podcasts. So I believe we will go to something that showed up on the last day of TGS, and that is Atelier Riza 2, Lost Legends, and the Secret Fairy. Now, obviously, we already know about this. We know the release date for it. There was a new trailer. There was also a really exciting um, 12 minutes or so of gameplay shown off. I'm working on that snippet at... The uh, actually right now it's uh, <laughs> it's uploading to YouTube, so hopefully by the time I am done recording this, you will uh, be able to view it. It's pretty cool. But the big news was there is a PlayStation Five version of this game that is going to be coming out day and date along with the PlayStation Four and Switch versions. That is December third in Japan. And it will also launch alongside its counterparts in the West this winter when that happens. As of right now, the PC version is due out via Steam January 2021 in Japan. And I have speculated that's when we're going to get it here in the West. They're saying February or winter, so that only includes January, February. uh, uh, I'm not sure. When is wintering? (laughs) this is terrible is it March or February so um whatever that does I I anticipate that has kind of been the norm before when a PC release date comes out in Japan that's also a worldwide release so that's what we do so anyone who purchases the PlayStation 4 version of this will be able to upgrade to the PS5 version at no additional cost and now of course they're not going to send you a new copy of the game that's kind of crazy but um I I guess there's some sort of means of verification that they can go through. Obviously, if you get the digital version, they'll be able to see that, and you can upgrade to the digital version of the PlayStation 5 version. But they're saying it's going to work for physical as well, so maybe a screenshot of a receivers. I I don't know. We'll have to wait and see those type of details here very soon on how that is going to work out. But it's exciting for uh, somebody like myself who... Uh, I'm probably not going to have a PS5 by that point, so I'll get this on PlayStation 4, and then when I do get a PS5, I'll be able to upgrade to that version. They didn't really say what kind of if there's any differences as far as uh, the gameplay goes. I'm guessing it's just going to be an up in the resolution department. Um, now the gameplay is interesting. Uh, the first Riza was by far. Gus and Koitecmo's best-looking Atelier game, this one even takes it up a step higher. I do not believe, they didn't say that this was on a PlayStation 5, so I do believe this gameplay is captured from PlayStation 4 footage, and it looks really good. Now, the town that they're exploring is very much, uh, you know, it's in the capital, so there's a lot more to it. It's not that basic island town that they were in the first one. But what really sets it apart is they did change at least a few things up in the battle system. And you kind of had the bar that you were going along to as far as attack order. That's still kind of present, but it's much smaller and down in the right-hand corner of the screen rather than um, on the left side of it. And the... Players, there's actually a mini-map up in the top right, so you've got all, instead of being lined up side by side, the three characters are now there, and uh, in particular, you know, they're they're going at whatever any they would be normally attacking, they're just standing right next to them. Instead, it is still turn-based, so I'm very happy about that. You can switch between the characters by pressing either L2 or R2 to switch amongst the three, they did show off. Um, it looks like you can kind of pair up a person. So in the video, it has Riza and uh, one of the new characters teamed up, and they do kind of a team attack. And then that player subs in for Ryza, uh for the next couple of bit, and then they actually switch back and forth. Other than that, it does appear to be very much the same thing. Allies calling out for actions. When you do those actions, you get special attack bonuses. And there's still the chain. It looked like there was very much continuing from what the first game did, but just kind of looks like they're making it bigger and better. So I invite you to check out that snippet. Uh, it shows not only parts of the town, but going through some of the menus, some of the alchemy, and then into in battle. So it's a very good. Way to see uh, the whole game in a very short amount of time. And like I said, I'll have that up on YouTube here in just a few moments for you guys to check out. We'd shared some information that Nippon Inchi Software had uh, disclosed about sky 6 Defiance of Destiny in uh, episode 133. Well, there was also a live stream, of course, that went along with with that. And it's funny because I actually tried to view this and download it before, but it was in super low resolution, so I couldn't really do much with it. It later came out a a high resolution version of this footage. Their live stream went on for almost four hours, so (laughs) it was quite a bit of digging to find this, but uh, I think it came down to about 23 minutes of actual gameplay from the game. I snipped that out and shared it on YouTube, so if you want to head over and check that out, you may do so. A lot of people have done that and I gotta be honest, the initial reaction to it has not been overly positive. There was that real kind of kickback on the 2D versus 3D aspect of it and some people are saying this kind of looks like it's just a continuation of five with some different characters. Um, They kind of just maxed out the levels and went from there and you know, I got no stake in the game. I also have no point of reference. Really, is not having played this series. You guys know I stink at strategy JRPGs. I just can't do them. So, I um, haven't really got into that one. But I invite you to check that out for yourself, as it it's going to show you what the game's going to look like. So, if you have any questions about it, that's the best way to really do it. It's you know, this game is coming out in Japan. In uh just a couple of three more months on january twenty eighth we won't get it until the summer of next year, but I don't think they're gonna make a whole lot of changes past this point. They sound like they're pretty far along in it, so I kind of hate to hear that negative feedback because it's probably the way it's going to be um but If you want to go back to last episode to hear some more information about that, but yeah, head over to our YouTube channel and check out those twenty three minutes of footage from the game. I thought it looked pretty cool, but like I said, I don't really have um anything to reference that to. I'm not not entirely sure what that's going to be. Some other trailers that came out, there was a new um Monster Hunter Rise trailer that came out along with some gameplay, of course. Um the trailer is short and sweet. I think it's about 2 minutes long. The gameplay uh was only about 2 minutes long as well. And uh, it kind of shows off the wire bug instrument. That's kind of like the grappling hook type of deal. You can also use it in combat as well as for traversing. And then um, the new companion, I guess you call it a palamute. Uh, it looks like a big dog, and I think you can ride it if I'm not if I'm not mistaken. But uh, you can check those out over on YouTube as well. Monster Hunter Rise is due out for the Switch system exclusively. Worldwide on March 26th of next year. Um, I think I shared this as well. <laughs> uh, I think okay. I think I shared the link to this one um, for the gameplay instrument because it's about 43 minutes of it. So I just shared the link and you. It's got the game times when you can check over to that. Um, about an hour and a half into their nearly three-hour live stream, and they kind of broke it up into two different compartments. So you'll want to head over there if you're interested in learning a bit more about Monster Hunter Rise. So this is kind of a fun story that popped up and then had some updates to it on, um, I believe this one broke on the 24th. So right before TGS, um, they said that there was a Story that came out is that Sega will announce the latest entry in the Q-Z series um, during the Sega Nama broadcast at TGS on September the 27th. I think that was the last day. Yeah, yesterday. That was the last day of Tokyo Game Show. This was tweeted out by co-host Ayana Sibukai. Um It was then, uh, the description for the live stream previously teased the latest information concerning the Accused series, but did not directly state the new title would be announced. But her tweet confirmed that. Uh, Not long after that, there was an update that said that he or she, I want to assume that's a she's name, so we'll just say she— she had since deleted the tweet. But, of course, it was still visible because the Internet is, <laughs> uh, they can do these things Then still figure it out once you, once you delete them. So then the next day, the next morning, uh, this was, a, they said, uh, she misunderstood the fact there will be new information that, that she thought, by them saying new information, meant that there was going to be a new title. They said, while it's still possible a new title will be announced, there does not appear to be information. Then uh, Sega got involved a couple hours later and said, uh, "No, there's not. A <laughs> there's not a new entry going down uh, to be enough at this point." Now he did added that the Yakuza series is headed towards its 15th anniversary, and various plans are currently underway. Naturally, a game is also in development, and they're working hard. Blah blah blah. So, while you know these things happen. It's usually a game is worked on for a year or two before it's announced. That's that's a smart way to do it. Don't don't announce a game is being developed uh, the day before you start working on it, and then seven years later we finally get a game. Of course there's a new Yakuza game coming. They're not ready to announce that just yet, but I just I always think these are funny that um, you know you hear these announcements and if you know if this broke, I would go right to the presses and inform you guys about it. It didn't actually happen that way. That uh, I got to wait a few days before I announced it, but it was just kind of funny that these thing got kind of. Uh, it got nipped pretty quickly by Sega. Now there is an announcement involving um, Yakuza Like a Dragon, but I'm going to wait till um, our next podcast because it's uh, it was not actually a part of Tokyo Game Show. Like I just talked at the beginning, there was a few things that came out after TGS that I didn't understand why we're not at it. It came out this morning, but yeah, we'll talk about that on Thursday with our next. A game that you guys all know that I'm looking forward to is available today to play. I guess it actually went live last night at midnight and that is Genshin impact. Uh, the free to play RPG is now live on PC, Android, iOS, and PlayStation 4. Of course, that Switch version is in the plans, but still no word on release date for that. It was also at Tokyo Game Show on the last day, Sunday. There was a new online uh, gameplay trailer for it. It didn't really show a whole lot. Um, There was also a spoiler trailer that came out, but this was kind of more with the release and not with Tokyo Game Show. Again, we'll talk about that on our next podcast, but yeah, if you've been looking forward to this one, you can go and download it. The trailer was kind of just a a brief overview. If somehow you didn't hear anything or see anything about this, you could uh, you could have checked it out if you wanted to. I plan to fire up the old PlayStation tonight and get to playing it. Uh, I will be live streaming my gameplay usually from about ten to twelve each night. And if you want to check that out, head over to the YouTube channel. You can check out my previous live streams as well. If you're curious about how this one's going to go down from what I understand, as far as like playing with other people, I think you do have to reach a certain adventure level, maybe 20 before that aspect unlocks. So if any of you guys were curious, if we could all <laughs> kind of gang up together and do that, you do have to reach a certain level before that's possible. It's not something you can do right out of the bat. Uh, Recall last time I went through the whole big list of PlayStation 4 titles that were on sale on the PSN as far as their Big in Japan sale. And I kind of speculated whether that would be on Switch as well. And while it's not called Big in Japan sale, there are a lot of titles that are on sale right now, in particular from Square Enix. These are all on the Nintendo eShop. We'll go through... Um, we'll go through a couple of these. Uh, you've got, uh, and these are pri- nearly positive. These are the same price as it was on PSN. If we're looking to see if that's the same or not. Final Fantasy VII is going for eight bucks. Eight remastered going for $10. You can get the 10, 10 2 HD remastered for 25, uh, FF-12, the Zodiac Age for 25. Pocket edition of 15 is going for 15 bucks. <laughs> Final Fantasy Explorers, which is a 3DS title, is going for $20. Amps Suna and Lost Fear are going for $20. Anunnaki, $25 for all those from Tokyo RPG Factory. Romancing Saga 2 for $12.50. Uh, Saga Scarlet Grace Ambitions for $22.50. That uh, Star Ocean First Departure R remake of the very first one is going for $14.00. Uh, the Rhythm Final Fantasy Current Call for 20 I believe that's a 3DS title. And World of Final Fantasy Maxima is also $20. These sales is only going on um, for a couple more days. Uh, September 30th is the end of that. Yeah, so you need to get in there and get in there quickly if you're looking to save some cash on some Nintendo eShops. If you add them all up, all those Final Fantasy experiences you can get for less than $100. That's pretty cool, uh, at least for some of these. <laughs> to Well worth your time and money. Uh, it was announced that Square Enix will release a free demo for Kingdom Hearts Melody of Memory. It's going to come out sometime in mid-October, they say. The game is supposed to come out on um, November 11th, in Japan, November thirteenth. In the West, so that does give you plenty of time to check it out and see if this is a game worth your time and money. There was also, a, I'm pretty sure, I shared this link to the entire Kingdom Hearts: Melody of Memory TGS 2020 online special <laughs> show, and uh, you can check out all those uh, presentations and videos. I'm pretty sure if you've seen one, you probably get the gist of what this game is all about i did hear some talk about some um, online multiplayer battles between different people so they're doing some different features but it's a rhythm game it is not a kingdom hearts experience per se kind of just looking back at all the cut scenes and different events from all those series of games uh, we're going to take just a brief pause here And come back with the second half of the podcast. we got a few more cool stories to talk about. As well as, and I forgot to tease this at the beginning. Our buddy Dalton has a review for the Steam version of Persona 4 Golden. He's going to share that with you guys at the end of this podcast. And we have made plans to uh, have a chit-chat and uh, play that for our Sunday special this weekend. So look forward to that as well. I'll be right back on the other side of our sponsor Anchor's words here on the JRPG Report, episode 134. All right, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. My name is James Fisher. This is episode 134, and I thank you so much for tuning in. If you are so inclined and you like what you're hearing or what you're seeing on YouTube, if you'd like to financially support the podcast, that would be incredible. You can do that either by checking the link at the bottom of this episode you can uh, you can do it directly through Anchor, or if you're on Patreon and want to go that route, I've got a couple different levels set up over there, and that would be super awesome. I would truly appreciate it. It gets me kind of fired up when people uh, <laughs> give me a few bucks every month in order to do this podcast. It really, really makes a lot of difference, even if it's only a couple dollars. So that being said, let's get back to why you're here listening. Not listen to me beg for cash. Um, the other Monster Hunter game coming out for the Switch, Monster Hunter Stories 2, Wings of Ruin, will have a character creator. This may not be kind of huge news, as it seems to be the exact type of story that would have a feature some of this. Uh, the, there was a live stream that kind of talked about this, and while it wasn't shown the actual creator itself, uh, there was a picture showing the different variations, and they looked quite varied. On what you can do. Uh, include different hairstyles. Hair colors and skin colors. So nothing you know. Is going to <laughs> revolutionize the character creation process. But did give some some different combinations. Um, outside of providing a glimpse at possible combinations. Of your different character. There were some story bits shared. Uh, there was a brief introduction to Red. Who is a seasoned hunter. And his Arathalos. I guess that's a little monster creature. The protagonist character is the grandchild of Red and an up-and-coming hunter. Now, this one's a little bit different. Uh, uh, Unlike the other Monster Hunter titles, Stories focuses on raising and hatching monsters. Um, So that's kind of, maybe they should call it Monster Hunt (laughs) Razor. I guess they're still hunting, but they they hunt the bad monsters and they raise the good ones, right? That's the way it always... Uh, it always goes out. Uh, there was a new key animation art shared for the upcoming "World Ends with You" the animation. Uh, there was also a voiced counts was announced. This is obviously all the Japanese characters for it. I shared that story over on Facebook and Twitter. If you'd like to check those out, this and uh, the "World Ends with You" animation will begin airing sometime in 2021. Um coming up in just about, yeah, just under a month. When Shin Megami Tensei 3, not turn HD Remaster, releases on October 26th. There will be a no, I'm sorry, the game comes out on the 29th. There's going to be a special po- pre-launch live stream on October the 26th. Atlas announced. Details about the live stream will be announced at a later date and time. You'll be able to watch that via YouTube or Twitter. Hopefully you're good with your Japanese or your translator is pretty decent. Uh, this game is due out for PlayStation 4 and Switch, like I said, on October 29th in Japan, sometime spring 2021 worldwide. Um, Kim Ko has released a couple of these before, They are doing RPG Selection Volume 6. This will be coming to PlayStation 4 uh, sometime next year in Japan. I still don't know if any of these games, uh, actual collections have made over Most of these games are available in one way, shape, or form here in the West. So this sixth volume will include Asdivine Kimura, Alphadia Genesis, Dragon Lapis, and Liege Dragon. So if you are a Kimco RPG fan, you got some more to look forward to, and possibly even a collection if you like to go that route on end. Again, that's coming out sometime next year in Japan. This is an interesting um, development. So remember, what was it back in July? We had the fairy tale game come out from Koei Tecmo and Gust. Well, there is a not a sequel, but the next game or the next anime after fairy tale was Eden's zero. Of course, this is just my understanding from reading up on the internet. I do not know these (laughs) things. So I may have some details messed up in them. So this is the next uh, manga that came out after that. And you can pretty much immediately tell that by looking at some of the visuals for this. So Konami has actually announced that they are working on the Eden's zero there's going to be two games coming out for it. The console game is a third-person action RPG, and the mobile title is going to be a top-down action RPG, very much in the style of other top-down mobile RPGs. Just using these characters from Eden's Zero. Specific platforms and release dates were not uh, were not announced. Um, the anime they say is due out in April of 2021, so I can't imagine to be too much. Uh, before that, uh, there were some key visuals that went along with this, as well as a early teaser trailer for both of them. And, um, it, yeah, like I said, it's the fairy tale influence is very, very evident. It almost even looks like some of the exact same characters. Like I said, I don't know either one, so I can't tell you for sure whether that's true or not. But I uh, just wanted to kind of let you guys know that, especially if you liked fairy tale and you like that. Uh, manga and anime there's more on the way and more games on the way coming out for it as well we talked last podcast about a few um some few action figures not action figures but uh statues and different things coming out uh for near automata if you've Got some cash you want to throw down there and maybe not quite as much cash as for some of those other ones. I'd have to imagine it wouldn't be quite as much. Because there is now a near automata to be how you say this one. Uh Ninderoid? Is that how you say those? Those little they they're kind of small versions of them, micro-sized. Um they're not a pop, but you know, the influence is at least similar to it. The heads are not that giant. But there is one for 2B. She's got her pod with her. Good Smile Company shared two pictures of this on Twitter, and they confirmed that pre-orders will go live tomorrow, September 29th. She does not have a price point or release window yet. It looks pretty cool. Um, I'm not I'm not huge on these things. I collected a couple pops back in the day, and I kind of quickly fouled a lot with them. I Definitely prefer more of the Bring Arts um, diamonds, like those, you know, those type of real type looking statues, not these uh, versions, but a lot of people like these ones. Um, it looks pretty cool, and I'm say it's certainly not going to cost as much as uh, those other ones. So you can look forward to that and uh, check out over on the Good Smile Company's website. I'm sure you'll be able to pre order that one if you like to. Uh, like to do that it does come with um oh she'll have an accessory that makes it look like she's carrying two swords um on her back also the sword she's wielding is the image of the virtuous treaty um so yeah that's in hand it looks it's a good looking figure that definitely accurately depicts the character just kind of you know chibi style um speaking of near automata it is finished (laughs) i quickly ran through it and I. You know, when I was playing the game, I I couldn't tell how long it was going to be. You know, sometimes when you get into these games, you're like, oh, I'm, I'm, in, I'm in this one for the long haul. It's going to be a while before this one uh, wraps up. I didn't think this one would be that long. I'll be honest, I didn't think it was going to be quite that short. But for a kind of frantic action RPG, maybe that's the reason. I actually cleared it in 17 hours. As I understand, and even it does. At least it tells you this at the end of it. There's multiple endings for the game. I got the route A ending. I don't know if that's a good or bad uh, or indifferent ending. It was satisfactory to me. I, I don't. I didn't feel bad about the way that it ended, and loved my experience with the game. It is fantastic. I Highly, highly recommended. You can get it fairly cheap. Now, I'm I'm sure the original version is even cheaper, but the Year year of the Yoha edition is even even worth it, in my opinion, as well, if you can just find that one on sale. Definitely go and pick it up. Um, But yeah, definitely a shorter game, so it's not going to take you a ton of time, but those multiple endings may give you a, a little more reason to get back into it. Square Enix put out a new trailer for the collection of Saga Final Fantasy Legend uh, collector's thing that's coming out with the three Final Fantasy Legend Game Boy games on it. Uh, This is in celebration of the 30th anniversary of them coming out, and now all three are coming to the Nintendo Switch system. This is a pretty cool trailer that showed it off. Uh, They say, this collection includes new enhancements like high-speed mode, as well as features unique to the Switch, such as adjustable screen modification and game screen background customization, featuring compatibility with, of course, handheld mode, but also with TV mode and tabletop mode. Furthermore, this game also revives the nostalgia of playing the original by enabling vertical use of the console by removing the Joy-Cons. Take your collection on the go with handheld mode, share your journey on the Switch in TV mode, or remove the Joy-Cons and turn your Switch vertically into a retro Game Boy experience. So if you're looking to uh, see what this game is all about, you can head over to our YouTube channel. I've got that trailer for you guys to see. Uh, pretty cool that they're putting these games back out. And uh, I never got to play them on Game Boy at the time. I remember seeing them randomly once or twice, but then didn't think that it really looked like you know the Final Fantasy game that I had played on Nintendo. So I wasn't super interested in it. Maybe I should have been since it was for Game Boy and I could have played it at any point in time, assuming you had four batteries that would last you for a little while. Uh, the upcoming Nino Kuni Cross Worlds mobile game is coming out, uh, not too much longer. It is slated to come out for iOS and Android in 2020 in Japan. Well, they were at Tokyo Game Show and gave a teaser tour and, oh, a tour... (laughs) It was this went on for 48 minutes. It com- provides a full overview of the massively multiplayer online RPG. If you would like to check that out with English subtitles, you can do so head over to our face- not Facebook page where you could get the you can get the link to it on Facebook group, of course. But head over directly to YouTube and search through our videos. You will find it in there and, you know, sit down and relax. It's it's a long tour. Hopefully, we're going to get this one. You know, in the rest of the world, I'd imagine so, but still, really no word on that uh, if it's going to happen. Right there was that uh, during the presentation, there was even an appearance by you know her Akihiro, the Level Five CEO. So that's pretty cool, as well as the CEO of Netmarble, who's the ones working on this one. So, yeah, um, I've had some good reaction to these videos, but not really sure. Of course, it has to make our way worldwide first for us to experience it. It looks okay. Of course, it looks a lot like part two, which I had my problems with. And it's in the palm of your hand on a mobile device. So there's going to be a lot of hurdles to overcome for me to really want to, want to like this one. That's for sure. Scarlet Nexus was at Tokyo Game Show. Of course, there was a brand new trailer, gameplay, and information revealed about it, including the fact that um, uh, y- Uto, y- oh gosh, they pronounced his name, and I'd already messed it up, Uto, I believe it's something like that, it doesn't look like it, but it's something weird, is going to be one protagonist, and a second protagonist, Kasane, is also in it. So that was kind of cool. And it's going to be, I kind of envision a Resident Evil 2 type play where you can play through it one way and then play through another perspective um, and have those two characters. I like that idea. That seems pretty cool to say the least. You can check that trailer out. There was also some gameplay out there, some links to that you can check out. Yeah, it says uh, dual protagonist system divided into different volumes. One is a story depicted from different viewpoints. And I'll show more details about that in the future. Some other characters were also introduced. I've got the link for this entire um, article just so you can check out those other characters if you're interested in it. It's uh, pretty detailed, so I'm not going to go too much into it. I don't want to reveal more than you'd like to. But you can head over to YouTube. I think I uploaded the Japanese version, and they've since uploaded this. Uh, English version so I'll have that up there as well so you can check out the English voices are pretty good I was uh, I was impressed with it this game is in development for every system under the sun and (laughs) should come out there I thought they were still saying 2020 I cannot um I can't find that in this article but uh it's gonna have to be 2021 this one it's getting too late for them to to make it out for for this current year, I would have to imagine. Um, Sword Art Online Alization Lycoris revealed its plans for the free update series, Ancient Apostle, as well as the first as the game's first paid expansion, Myostis. I guess that's how you say that. That's a good one. And the return of the Sword Art Online game original heroines at Tokyo Game Show 2020. Uh, the first Ancient Apostle update will arrive this winter with updates 2, 3, and 4 to follow in sequence. Following that fourth update, additional updates are planned. So here's free update number one. The Reaper of the Forest is sent on. Sen- I'm not sure how you say your name. A legend about an archer who fell into forbidden love with a divine beast. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's the first one. The first playable... Uh, the first paid DLC is, um, yeah, Myosotisis. Gosh, that's a hard word to say. I'm not sure what that is. Or Kirito dreams of losing Yu Gi Oh! Uh, I can't say their names. I don't know how they're pronounced. So, in a battle, losing in ba- Yu Gi Oh! in a battle against the administrator. Yeah, I would need to know how to pronounce these and play it that you know. So that's the first DLC. We'll see how that one, uh, the pay DLC. Um, they say all game heroines thus far coming as playable characters. Um, not really sure what that's supposed to mean. Yeah. So the number free update update number two is the Forbidden Knight. Uh, is that how you say how you say her name? Why is his name so hard to say? T S A T I E S E. Free update number three is the Bruised King. Selka, and update number four is the Blue-Eyed Demon Silica. So yeah, all those trailers come out. There's, a of course, a trailer for it, so if you'd like to check it out, you may do so, as well as a link to some gameplay from TGS, uh, but this game's already out, so you kind of know what's going on. Maybe maybe they should some some new stuff in there for you guys to check out. One last story I want to talk about <laughs> that came out, and um, I can't say there's been hardly any positive reaction to this one. I broke it up for you. There was, um, I think the presentation was about an hour long. There was an animated trailer and then there was some gameplay for it. So Lion Kong technology entertainment debuted the latest footage from Yee's eight mobile during the Tokyo game show. 2020, um, the footage introduces various areas that have appeared in the original Ys 8, including the Drifting Village, Nameless Coast, Cave of Drop, um, the Titus Medieval Forest, and Heavenly Cliff Trail, as well as character models for Adol and Laxia, skill-use scenes, and more. A new character, Rukul, also appeared. Ys 8 Mobile will be available for iOS and Android worldwide. So, it, you know, it actually sounds like this is more of a sequel, not a retelling of it, because that's it did look very different. I'll be honest, the anime trailer did not look great, it looked kind of low, maybe it was just a low resolution to it. The, uh, the actual gameplay didn't look too terrible. Uh, it you know, keep in mind it's a mobile game, and but the reaction when I posted this online was definitely negative. Um, I think a lot of people really liked this game and didn't want to see a you know quote unquote mobile trash version of it. Maybe that's not exactly what it is. Maybe it's more of an offshoot. I try to look at this positively that let's say you're some you know 12-year-old kid who's got a smartphone but they don't have um you know money for a console because well they never really cared about video games before they play this then wants to get them into consoles and actual you know, JRPG experiences, I would give you as a positive. That's that's the way I'm choosing to look at all these type of mobile games is if it's a door that opens people into this world more, then it's a good thing. If it's just something that they play for fun and they don't really get anything out of it because it's not a very good game, <laughs> maybe that's one way that they're going to look at it as well, but you just, you never know yeah you know things are so different now everything's got a mobile version or some sort of offshoot and that's just the way things are there's nothing's going to be done about it like it or not it's it's not going anywhere As phones are only getting more powerful and able to do more things and everybody's got a console in their pocket now it's very different than when we were growing up and the rules have certainly changed to say the least um but if you'd like to check that out you can let me know what you think about it. So let's now go to our good friend Dalton, who, like I said, we're going to be chatting with this weekend a little more extensively about some fun things, including this game that he did a review for. So let's pause briefly and let Dalton have the floor for his rear reader review of Persona 4 Golden for Steam.
1: Hey, everybody, this is Dalton from the Steam Machine Podcast, and I am here to talk with you about Persona 4 Golden. I told James that after we beat it for our show, that I would write in or record this and give a little review about it, so I'm going to do my best to review the game without spoiling it, because as James and some of you know from listening to the episode I was on, um, I'm very big about not spoiling Persona Games' story. They are just so good. Now, I'm sure we will. I'm sure we will next time I'm on the show, Um, but for now, I do not want to do that to you. So... Persona 4 Golden was just released on Steam recently, and man, what a good port. Um, I only had it freeze on me a couple times, and that is saying something for some of the other PC ports that I have played. Um, But man, getting right into it, what a phenomenal game this was. Like, absolutely incredible. Um, I don't think I liked it as much as Persona 5 gameplay-wise and story-wise. But, I will admit, I think I liked the characters in Persona 4 Golden more than I did in 5. Um, They just seemed a bit more relatable. Uh, But as far as the story goes, I still think Persona 5 holds that as that being the winner of the the stories of the games that I've played so far. But, going back to the characters, you know, when you first enter town and you meet Dojima and Nanako... Um, for, for right, right then, I was like, "Oh, Nanako's adorable." She quickly became one of my favorite characters. As did Dojima. Um, you know, he 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 really learns to accept your character as you go go through. And I and I was able to max both of their social links as well as all of my party members' social links. Um, I believe that the only the only one that I had access, the the two that I had access to that I did not max were uh, Yumi and the Fox, which I tried. But I kind of got carried away doing other stuff. Catching bugs and fishing is quite fun. <laughs> uh, but your your party members, y- Yosuke, man, I really I really did not like him until the end of the game. Um, he just got on my nerves. He reminded me of Ryuji from Five, but just more douchey. I don't, I don't know. But I absolutely fell in love with Chie and Yukiko. Um I would Yukiko. She became my girlfriend. They were fantastic and Chie, woo! What a bad A. You know what I'm saying? Like in the in the dungeons, man, she was putting out some serious damage, so I always had her in my party. I think uh, at the end of the game my party was Yukiko, Naoto, and Chie. Now, that brings me to uh Kanji and Naoto. Uh, I won't get too too much into it right here. I will leave that for maybe next time me and James talk, but their character developments were phenomenal. Phenomenal. I was so impressed with how they handled their character situations and how they resolved them. I, I, re- I really liked it. Um, And Rese was cool. Um, I almost wished I'd had waifu drisei i might have to uh, do that on my second playthrough it i i found her very entertaining almost overly so but i know like me being who i am in real life if i had a girl who was doing all of that and like all up on me and trying to get it she'd well get it <laughs> uh and that that brings me to teddy what a creepy but lovable character Teddy is. Like, I, I don't even know how really to describe him other than innocence. He doesn't really know what he's saying when he's saying it. Like he keeps talking about he wants to score with Yukiko and Chie, and I'm not quite sure he knows what that means, but every time it made me laugh. <laughs> the uh the palaces themselves are I call them palaces still because of five, but the T V world very interesting, um, a little repetitive, but I understand that this was a PS2 game and then ported to the Vita, so really there was only so much you could do, whereas Persona 5, they were able to add a bunch of more stuff to the dungeons because you know, newer hardware, upgrades, that, that type of stuff. But visually, for being an older game, this game's really pretty. I enjoyed it. Um, I enjoyed the Persona fusions. Uh, I was able to do the Hex fusion and get Beelzebub. As my persona for the end of the game, which was awesome, uh, quite strong, quite strong. Uh, I think I finished the game at like level ninety-three, so I put in quite a quite a bit of a quite a bit of grinding here and there. Uh, try the, the the side quests to me seemed uh, kind of just there to be there. Like the items you got from doing the side quests weren't all that great. Um, I did enjoy the weapons. I thought Kanji's first weapon, being a steel chair, was awesome. It took me back to my, you know, watching WWE, WWF type stuff. It was great. It was just chair shots, chair shots, chair shots. But then, you know, eventually you upgrade that and it it no longer is there. But I enjoyed it while it lasted. Uh, I wanted to keep this short so I don't want to go, like I said, too far into it. But I thoroughly enjoyed this game. I think if anybody else out there wants to dive into this series, this would be a great place to start. If you don't have access to being able to play 5, but you have a PC, um, definitely jump in on Persona 4. Um, there are other ways you can play the older games, but we won't get into that on here. <laughs> well, uh, well, I think that's about it. I know that uh, hopefully soon I can bug James to come back on and we can discuss it more, maybe uh, do some spoilers. And uh, with him asking me questions it'll probably help me dive back into the memories that i have because i am already having to move on to the next set of games that we are playing for the show which is marvel ultimate alliance one and two so i am going to leave this here with definitely play persona 4 golden absolutely get it on steam it's cheap do it you will not regret it and uh i think that james is probably going to be looking for this at the end of the episode so uh For Dalton at the Steam Machine Podcast and James from the JRPG Report, everybody, get back out there and level up.
0: All right. Thanks, buddy. Thanks for closing out the show. Unfortunately, I hadn't said goodbye yet myself, but uh, that's all right. We'll let you do that on the uh, Sunday show, but you can never have too many get back out there and level up. Awesome job, as always. Shout out to Dalton for doing a bang-up job on that one, and you know, we, we, we sell Persona as hard as we can around here, and having it on Steam is just an easy way for more people to get access to it, and I am all about that. Now, Atlas, <laughs> get this thing on Switch and PS4 and stop dragging your feet. It is insane that this game is not available to all those potential customers. It is uh, money waiting to be deposited into your accounts. So I don't, I don't get it. However, that's going to do it for Tokyo Game Show 2020. It was a very different experience this year. Everything being online, no big stage presentations or big reveals. Fortunately, we didn't hear from Tales of a Rise. That's didn't hear from Grand Blue Fantasy Relink. Uh, we, I mean, in theory, we had you know Final Fantasy 14 come out there. I knew we weren't going to get Dragon Quest 12. Or you know, Persona 6 or anything like that. It's just a little too early for those things to happen. So overall, I think it was an excellent show. It could have been better, sure. But these guys were dealing with something completely new and different. And I think they did a really good job with it. Um, that kind of wraps up all the big shows for the year. And it's online only anyway. So maybe next year we get back to doing things a little bit. Uh, more normal. I think that'd be nice. Don't you? Anyway, that is going to do it. Reminder next week, I'm on vacay. I will be far, far away. I'll be in my own little JRPG island, soaking up some sun, hopefully poolside with, uh, with a great JRPG or maybe just taking a nap. I'm not quite sure yet. So uh, we will have our Sunday special this week and uh, we'll have our show, normal show on Thursday, but, yeah, uh, past that point here before too long, we'll take a week off and be back and probably have a big old show full of fun things to talk about. Thank you so much for checking in with us and we'll be back on Thursday with our normal therapy podcast. This has been episode 134. My name is James Fisher. Thank you for listening until next time. Get back out there and level up.